Welcome to episode 39 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of April 12th, 2023. My name's Logan Plant, joined this week by Chris Driver. Hi, Chris. Hello, hello, hello. No Justin this week. He's off on vacation for, I think he's going to miss the next two episodes. So where is he? Do we know? He's in, I think he's in Mexico. Ah, that's right. He put, he's posting some pictures on Twitter. If you haven't seen them, it looks beautiful. I'm very jealous. He, his suitcase didn't arrive. So no, really clothes on his back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I did not see that. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. Yep. Tough. Wow. uh, that's an excuse to go on a shopping spree, buy yourself you a wardrobe, uh, get some cool stuff. So, yeah, hopefully wow. he's having a good time. Yeah, pictures look amazing at K-O-R-E-I-S on Twitter if you want to see what he's uh, been posting. But last week, Justin and I reviewed the Super Mario Brothers movie. This week, we got to hear Chris's thoughts since he missed out on that show last week. But first, just a quick note. We are recording this the day before the trailer number three for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is premiered. So we'll have a big discussion on that next week. Are you are you even going to watch it, though, Chris? Are you watching this trailer? I really don't want to, but <laughs> I think yeah. what will end up happening is I'm going to say I'm not going to watch it. Everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, you have to see it. And then I'm going to watch it. And then I'm going to wish I didn't. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it. That's usually how these things go. It is. It's yeah. I've decided to just go all in on being a part of the hype cycle. And I'm going to watch it and... It's going to be fun. So there you go. Final trailer. Let's see if it lives up to the hype of that. That switch presentation trailer. Everybody can't stop talking about for Breath of the Wild. Even six years later, we'll see. But by the time this is out, you already know the answer to that. So we won't waste any more time on it. But I do want to hear Chris thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers movie. We'll go spoilers. You can you can spoil whatever you want. Uh, That's your warning if you still haven't seen this movie. But I'm going to guess that most of our audience that listens to this show has seen the movie by this point. So, Chris, what do you think of the movie? I can't believe they killed Donkey Kong. Oh, no. No. Um, so I saw this movie twice. I saw it in IMAX um, originally with uh, a couple, uh, a friend, couple of ours. Um, and then uh, the second time was with uh, a group of about 30 of us. Um, and it was a large gaggle of children in my family. Um, <laughs> That's fun. Who, so... The upon first seeing it, I enjoyed it. Like I, I didn't walk out like vitriolic, like, oh my god, it was terrible. Like I really, really had a good time. Um, I think I spent the majority of the time uh catching all the Easter eggs, the R Wing on the TV, the F Zero poster in the background of his bedroom. I missed like, that. I missed, you missed that it? one. I saw the R Wing, I saw everything else, and when uh, I was just like looking up like every Easter egg in the Mario movie, yeah. I caught every one except f-zero which was oh man it's like not that hidden either like the second i saw it i was like logan's gonna lose his mind when he sees that (laughs) um there's the first thing i thought yeah um you know all that stuff um i spent you know i feel like i spent the majority of the time paying not that there's a ton of plot here because there isn't but i spent a majority of the time that upon first watch looking for all those different little easter eggs like it felt like a game in and of itself just trying to identify as many as i could and honestly like while watching a lot of the like game explain has like a thousand videos of like here's every easter egg in the mario brothers movie like i feel like i caught probably 80 to 90 percent of them which uh i was impressed with myself about you see the ice um, climber polar bear i did it's yeah. in that same shot with the f-zero poster oh there's that one appears elsewhere because yes. that one's like on the on the like an ice cream store or something like that. oh so it's there. yeah he also has a poster of it in his bedroom oh cool okay yeah cool. um yeah, I liked the uh, 
the balloon fight car wash. I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Um, punch out. I need a punch out pizzeria like sweatsuit. Like I need the whole get up. <laughs> yeah. um, cool. I just think that'd be awesome. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, like obviously it's very thin on plot. Um, I think it's Illumination's best looking movie. Um, the the animation is like top notch. Yeah, totally. I thought Chris Pratt did uh, a fine job. I wasn't like blown away, but I also wasn't like frustrated at his performance by any means. Um, a, a friend of mine that I went with um, was not a big fan of Peach. Um, thought her delivery was a little dry. Um, I think there were moments where I would agree with that, but then part of me was like, I wonder how much of it was them, the director saying like, no, you need to be as clear cut as possible with this delivery. So kids are just like able to, to follow along. Um, and I will say like, if I were a four year old, this would probably be my favorite movie ever because it does like, it moves at a clip. It doesn't waste any time. It, it doesn't explain, take a lot of time to like explain things. It's just like, okay, I'm going to help you now. And we are going to go here. And that's pretty much how the movie just, kind of paces itself throughout the entire thing. Um, but I mean, it, it was fine. Um, you know, for that, um, I had a great time watching it. Um, the, I, I do wish, um, I think the biggest disappointment for me was Fred Armiston as cranky Kong. I think that was like the weakest part of the movie. Um, it seemed like he was just kind of shouting the whole time. Um, and I don't, <laughs> that was everyone. <laughs> To be fair. Well, I mean, everyone kind of is, but him, especially he like he is, he's almost like an Alan Tudyk where he has such a, uh, there's like a a video of him on Fallon where I think he can do over like 180 or probably more different types of accents from different, like not just different countries, but different regions within countries around the world. Um, And, and he, he prides himself in that. And then he comes out doing this cranky Kong where he's just like, Bleh! like it, it was such a weird choice. Um, and I don't really know why they did that. I think there were a lot of moments that were cringy, like Donkey Kong saying it's on like Donkey Kong. Um, I don't really know why that had to be there. Mm-hmm. I thought the soundtrack choices were a little weird. Like the licensed music, the licensed music was so on the nose of like Mr. Blue Sky take on me. Like, it's all this stuff that we've heard in so many different movies at this point that I kind of wish they had gone, I don't know, in some kind of different direction with that. Um, I thought the orchestral pieces were great. Um, I've been listening to the soundtrack. Um, it, it does a really, if you, and if you haven't listened to it, I, I do recommend it because you don't really notice it while you're watching the movie, but um, like the comp- the compositions do a very good job at integrating sound bites from different Mario games into the actual music. Um, and I feel like during the movie, you don't really catch it. Um, like they'll literally use like, like the coin noise, like for a beat That's cool. um, within a song. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall I had a good time. Um, I, I'm excited to see what they do, what else they do. I just worry it's going to take them like, like decades to make more of these movies. It took them seven years to make this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, Illumination's cranked out sequels for some of their other franchises, so I feel like they could do the same here with this. I feel like if if they did, like Despicable Me, they know how to they know how to crank those movies out. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Nintendo would get in the way of the rate at which these movies could come out. Um, 
And there's also like there's a five year gap between like Sing and Sing Two, mm-hmm. um, the Secret Life Secret of Life Pets. Pets. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's yeah. pretty significant gaps of time between those. I I do worry that um that's gonna hinder the progress. Hello. Well, let's talk about that for just a second here because. This is the biggest movie in the world in its opening weekend. It is setting records left and right. We have some of the numbers here. It opened to $368 million worldwide. That's the biggest global opening ever for an animated movie. So in one shot, Nintendo beats every movie Disney ever made, which is pretty, that's insane. That's crazy. Uh, $137 million Friday through Sunday in North America, $195 million for the extended opening weekend since it did open on a Wednesday, which which is unique for a movie. So absolutely huge numbers. Uh, we talked about it before, like Nintendo with the theme park, with the movie, with this new Nintendo Live event they announced that we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Like, it's just a crazy, crazy time of expansion for Nintendo into all different fields. It feels like they're finally like seeing the fruits of, of what they sowed back in the Wii U era when things weren't going well. And they just said, we're going to just start planning entirely for the future. Now, don't forget their their deal with Universal was announced in the Wii U era. Like, well, that is pre-Switch that we, we were like, we're getting a Nintendo theme park and, and maybe some Nintendo movies. Like, this is a long time ago now, and uh, it, it's finally starting to pay off. And I do want to ask you, Chris, these numbers are huge. Like, what do you think Nintendo thinks when they're looking at this in, as far as where they want to go next? Um, I think, well, I, I think two things. Um, and one of them I'll, I'll circle back to, but, but the one being, I think the conversation needs to go beyond just Nintendo. I think a lot of it is Hollywood executives looking at video game license properties and how they can capitalize on that and make uh movie and tv content based on those properties just moving forward the two most um, popular things this year are based on are video. the last of us yeah the last of us and the super mario brothers yeah, movie it's, it, it's it, like objective. it says something yeah, yeah um about about this space um i think nintendo i feel i couldn't get over i kept saying it over and over again while we were watching the movie, but I kept leaning over to my friend and I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this. Like this company that for all of my childhood was incredibly secretive. The only like merchandise you could get came from a magazine that that company sold. And like, like you couldn't just go into Toys R Us and buy Nintendo merchandise. It didn't exist. Um, and now, um, you know, Nintendo, doing like a complete 180 in the last decade and saying, no, we are going to partner with these third parties and trust them with these properties. Um, it's huge. It's huge. I don't know if they're going to go to the length. So like everybody keeps comparing this to Marvel, like just wait until we get the Donkey Kong movie and the Luigi's Mansion movie. And then it leads up to super smash brothers. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, as much as as amazing as that would be like it, it I, it's not that i don't want that um i think they need to be very calculated in like they're going to make movies that they can then base theme park rides off of in universal i think that's the bottom line um because they want to move the experience beyond just the switch in your living room they want it to be okay go visit universal and go see all these places and quite honestly universal the properties that they are they have lost to uh, various Disney acquisitions that have happened over the last decade, they, they need the to Simpsons be able to make to up. Be there, right? 
Simpsons the Simpsons ride. yeah the Simpsons ride is getting shut down um there's an X-Men ride I believe there as well like they all these properties that they own that Disney now owns Universal isn't in a state where they can actually improve upon any of those rides they can't make any changes to it all they can do is like ensure the safety of the ride for the people that are maintain going on them. it but yeah. yeah they all they can do is maintain them they can't make improvements to them um, or make any changes um, to the features that they have um, so Universal's kind of in a tight spot right now um, and they are going to be the ones that are going to be pushing Nintendo to say alright this did gangbusters how do we capitalize on this and what other properties do we make so that we can then have the theme park ride have the you know do we make that saga of films or whatever it ends up looking like i think where it differs from marvel is that marvel has a literal vast catalog of stories that they can tell whereas nintendo it is very much like it's the luigi game yeah Yeah. Yeah. and i think Um, like something you've seen is like for this mario movie alone it's obviously not adapting a specific game story because the game stories are too flimsy to adapt. But what right. it has done is it has pulled in a ton of stuff from across Mario from the eighties to the 2010s. So it's like, you can't just say, okay, now we'll do Mario two because I don't know where you start with that because they've already used so much quick spoiler. Again, we, we already said spoilers at the start, but post credit scene shows a Yoshi egg. Yoshi's were criminally underutilized in this movie. Just a shot of a stampede of them running by uh, very early on. And that was it. So yeah, Yoshi could be there. I think we could see maybe like galaxy kind of be the, the framework for the next Mario movie. I think that would be a lot of fun. If you introduce Rosalina, have Yoshi there too, who's a, a new main character. I think that could be really cool. But yeah, like you said, Marvel comic fans already know what's going to happen for the most part, uh, because yeah. they adapt these stories in I think they're starting to stray a little further than they than they used to, but uh, they pretty much stick to the source. So, yeah, I don't really know what you do. I don't think that Nintendo, it's very anti-Nintendo to me for them to be like, oh, you have to see these two movies to see this movie. Because name literally one game of theirs where that's the case. It doesn't exist. It's, I don't even know if you'll have to play Breath of the Wild to play Tears of the Kingdom. Like, there's their games are so separate. Like, there's there's exceptions like things they've published like that it helps to play like Layton one before Layton two or whatever but they didn't develop that when you're talking like Mario Zelda Kirby Donkey Kong whatever they're not related at all like the timeline of Mario is like a plate of spaghetti like it is just it's they're not related whatsoever so I do not think it's going to be like building some interconnected story told over ten years leading to a crossover movie that doesn't make sense for me it doesn't work yeah um. There was one other thing I wanted to touch on, and it's gone. It's gone. Left well, my mind. Let me know if it comes. Oh, back. oh, oh. Oh, there it is. Yeah, no, there it is. Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple of different theories as far as like where they would go if they only stuck with Mario. Um, like like Game Explain has a, a theory where Peach is actually Rosalina, um, and that Luma that like is played by uh, the director's little girl or or whatever. The, one of the writers, little girls, yeah. that like is misogynist, not misogynistic. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong word. Um, uh, a Debbie Downer, let's put yeah, it that yeah. way. Um, that they are somehow going to cross paths, and then like they're going to have this realization that like no peaches from uh, there peaches out there was out there exploring galaxies, you know, and blah blah blah. blah. That could be a plot. Um, I feel like. 
the one that I want is um, the Mario Land 2 plot where like Wario is hypnotizing all these people and uh, within the Mushroom Kingdom trying to convince them that Mario is a bad guy. Um, you know, you can do something with that. Um, I think there's a very good chance that you get the Koopalings um, trying to mm-hmm. break Bowser out um, in the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a, there's so many different ways that you could slice it. Um, yeah, it's kind of the, it's the problem that Sonic the series is already running into is like Bowser's the villain across basically the entire series. Yeah. And like Jim Carrey's like, I'm done. I'm done acting. And it's like, yeah, so but what's Eggman? What's different there is you you're limited to just that series. Um, yeah. and, and you have a live action, like you have a real person yeah. like playing, you know, this character. Not that I think anybody can replace Jack Black if that would ever happen, but um, I think they could get themselves in a position where they go, okay, we've done enough Bowser stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we can then have Mario team up with insert character here, you know, make it a Donkey Kong centric movie and then, you know, kind of go that route. I'm glad you said that because I think that's going to happen. They're building a Donkey Kong theme park in Japan. They are. Yeah. That is officially happening. There's no way that the next movie isn't a Donkey Kong movie. There's just yeah. no way. I don't think that's the one they're teasing with the Yoshi egg. I think we're going to see a Mario 2. I think we're mm-hmm. going to see a Donkey Kong movie also. And we're already talking like six, seven, eight years in the future. So after that, who knows? But I think that's the safe bet for, for the next two things. I do have one question for you that I haven't really heard talked about much. Um, and and that's, do you think there is any likelihood of this, like m- the game inspires the movie. Now the movie inspires the game. What are the chances that the next iteration of Mario that we see on the switch or next gen hardware ends up looking exactly like the one that we saw in this movie. And they try to like blend those two worlds together a little bit for the next X number of years, like in that style. I'm going to say 0%. I'm going to say no shot that Nintendo lets these illumination design characters define their baby for the next however long. I think there's no chance that that happens. I, I don't think so either. It would be so weird. Yeah. If it did work out that way. Yeah, I think that they they know what Mario is. Illumination and Nintendo work together on kind of this animated spin of them. But I don't think you're going to see this these Illumination looking characters run around in a video game. With the exception of, I think we're going to see a Donkey Kong redesign for the games. Because Miyamoto That's more like, close to... Yeah. It yeah. was weirdly specific to call out like, oh look, Donkey Kong looks more like he did in the arcade now. So I think that maybe he's going to get a fresh look. I don't think it's going to be exactly like the Illumination version, but maybe we're going to see a version of DK that, honestly, maybe he'll end up looking more like Donkey Kong Jr. Because Donkey Kong Jr. already kind of looks like arcade Donkey Kong, uh, but in like a modern form. So just just take yeah. off the shirt and put on the tie or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. Nintendo, it's... this Mario's still their thing. It's not Universal's thing. It's never going to be. So I think they'll still... Because I, I think an example of that is... They could have modeled Super Nintendo World off what the movie looks like and put yeah. those hand and they didn't. It looks like the games. So I think that's kind of a, that kind of indicates there that they're not going to merge these two worlds very much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked the movie. I liked it, too. Uh, my thoughts haven't really changed since last week when Justin and I talked about it for almost an hour. It was only a movie talk last week. I did like it a lot. But as we gotten further away, it's like, um, yeah, I just don't feel the drive to go see it again but that's okay i think that 
my main takeaway that I hit on last week, and I'll repeat again here for you, Chris, is that like I want Mario to endure forever. Like he, they're flying high right now, but you never know when a series could just go away for whatever reason. Like Pac-Man used to be the biggest thing, now he barely exists anymore. Uh, and it's like if you want Mario to endure, you got to bring in younger fans to kind of carry the torch of the next generation of Mario fans. And this movie's going to do that. Like it's absolutely doing that. Um, so I think that it, that's a great thing. And yeah, more kids are going to want Switches, buy Mario games, all that good stuff. I was going to ask, have you, since watching it, have you gone back and dipped into any Mario titles over the last like week or so? I can't stop playing Splatoon, man. I am oh, really? so obsessed. Yeah, I, that's wow. all I've been playing. How about you? Have you been playing Mario? I uh, So when uh, Bowser's Fury came out, uh, Jess had gotten her first COVID shot okay. and she was like the first of the the fam squad to get it. Um, and she had like commandeered it. I didn't really get to play a whole lot. Okay. Um, and then when it was my turn to play, it was like, I've seen this too much of this game. I need to get away from it. So now I started a new save file Saturday after the movie. Nice. And I have like 60 something cat shines. I didn't even play for that long. Like that game's pretty easy, but yeah. um it is it's very good. Fun. It's very Yeah, good. it's super fun. My only problem with Bowser's Fury is I think Bowser shows up as the big kaiju Bowser a little too often. Yeah. yeah it gets to a point where it's a little nagging. Yeah. And then it gets to a point where it's not really intimidating, but it this kind of cool flip happens where you're like, oh, I need him to break this block on the other right. side of the world. So then you like right. haul over there on Plessy. So it's cool. Yeah, I can't believe that's the last new 3D Mario thing we've gotten. It's been not much. Not much going I on. Think, I think in the next two years, we'll see something. Yeah. Gotta be. Yeah. Oh, and I've been playing Mario Run. I've still been playing Mario Run. Nice. I, I really like that game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually trying to 100% it with all the coins, which I didn't think I was going to do. It's but very hard. I'm halfway through the second set of coins. So like the but purple ones. Because there's like pink, purple, black. Yeah, I'm halfway I've through been going set. level by level, and I think I got like I think I got like almost exactly halfway through. It's getting hard. Um, <laughs> it, it it gets real. It gets to the point where it's like you cannot make a mistake. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I, all right, I'm not having fun anymore. <laughs> Playing as Peach is the secret. That's the secret. Mm. To she's she's real good, but yeah. All right, let's move on from the Mario movie to Nintendo Live was announced for Seattle. In September, I live in Washington, so I'm very personally excited about this. Uh, but Nintendo Live is an event that's happened in Japan, I think, two times. It happened in 2019 in, J in Japan, and then not during the pandemic until last October it came back. Uh, if you remember, there were scenes of, like, the Splatoon 2 idols had a concert at Nintendo Live uh, four years ago in 2019. Yeah, you know, it was Pearl and Arena singing songs from. Didn't Splatoon. they? Yeah, they did the um the Hatsune Miku thing, right? Yes, Where they like yeah. projected them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the big. Uh, I remember the big takeaway from that one a few years ago, and then last year that was our first sighting of that Tears of the Kingdom statue that's been making yes. the rounds of like packs and stuff. So they don't really make announcements at Nintendo Live. It is like a it's a fan fan convention. I think that's very, very cool. Uh, here's the quote from the Nintendo Live website. It says, share the excitement of playing games together, enjoying live stage performances, and more across a large-scale themed area. Whether you and your family are new to the games, characters, and worlds of Nintendo, or are lifelong fans, everyone's welcome to have fun. So yeah, and then they have four sections on the website for games, live stage, photo ops, and tournaments. Uh, they haven't announced where in Seattle this is going to be. I would assume the convention center uh, or dates that it's going to happen. Just 
sometime in September. PAX is the first weekend of September, so you can cross that one off the calendar probably. It's going to be sometime after that. You think it's going to be at PAX? No way. We don't know. We don't know for sure. I doubt it. There have there have been situations where conventions like that have butted heads. But Nintendo goes to PAX. They go, and they have a booth. It, m- I say no maybe, way. Maybe they don't go. That's a lot to put on that team yeah. in one month. Yeah, I'd be surprised. They didn't, they don't go to E3 anymore. Well, E3 doesn't happen anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I'd be I shocked. We'll see. I'm just weekend. playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I also think that it's going to be in the same area that PAX is at. So I think that uh, I think that's that fair. A different weekend. But yeah, this is this is really exciting. I think that this just hearing a large scale themed area instantly takes me back to E3 2017 Breath of the Wild, E3 2018. Uh, sorry, 2016 Breath of the Wild, 2017 Super Mario Odyssey. They made New Donk City and then they had a huge smash thing with like memorabilia, like these glass cases, like you were in a sports museum. Like it was like, oh, look, it's it's Fox McCloud's blaster or it's Donkey Kong's tie or it's Kirby's hammer. Like, I'm so happy that we're getting this large scale themed area again. Like it's coming back. Like that was kind of the biggest bummer for me personally from E3 dying is like, man, like. I guess technically Super Nintendo World exists now, but like E3 felt like Nintendo Disneyland for the last few years that they were there. And that's just really exciting that it's coming back and that it's just a community event. I think it's a really smart replacement, just brand awareness. I'm happy this is coming to the States. I think it's very, very cool. Um, I I do wonder, it would be cool for them. Like one of my favorite things about... Um, like too many games or like any of those kind of conventions yeah. are the, um, the products that people like the handcrafted products, almost like the stuff you would find on Etsy that people would sell. Um, I'm always like very impressed by that. Um, it, it would be cool if they opened those kinds of things up to the, the show floor. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they will. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can typically find like there was some guy that was making like Kirby. They actually they definitely wouldn't do this. Um, there was a guy that was making like uh, Kirby Forgotten Land amiibo, um, like at his house that like look like they're professionally yeah. you know created. Um, I don't know pipe dreams. No but, chance. No yeah, chance. no chance that's happening. But there well, are I mean, what some do you, cool merch though? I mean, having ne- not gone to a Nintendo E3 or something like that. Like what is there? What, what can somebody typically expect to do from your experience? Well, it's going to be different than E3 because at E3, I stood in line for three hours. Well, that's a, yeah, that's like announcement centric. Super Mario Odyssey. Right. Yeah. But like I think more about like PAX uh, or I went to Emerald city comic-con also in Seattle. I went a few years ago and this was, I think 20, 2019, I think. 18, 2018, and this was when Kirby Star Allies was coming out. They had a huge Kirby balloon, like enormous, like 30 feet tall, that people were taking pictures in front of. They had booths to line up and and play a little demo of Kirby, even though it was like coming out the next week. Like you could just try it out. And they had a Splatoon tournament uh, that was like in a separate area. And so I think tournaments is is the way this is going to be. It's going to be like, oh, uh, night one, come watch this Splatoon 3 tournament. Night two, Smash Ultimate. Night three, Mario Kart 8. Like I think that'll be fun. Um... Yeah, it says photo ops, so like I guess like mascot versions of Mario, Luigi, maybe Splatoon characters will be there. Um, and then, yeah, the live stage. Uh, I guess you can look to the Splatoon concert. Maybe Splatoon 3 is still not that old. Maybe a Zelda Symphony comes back um, for, for this or something. I miss like that. that so much. But what I want to say is I don't think this happens, but I just think it would be really smart if it did. 
And this is in September. And oh man, he's gonna do it. Always has a direct. He's gonna do it in September. They always do. How cool would it be, Chris? If don't even make it a live show. Just say, hey, Nintendo Direct, Friday, 5 p.m. Worldwide during broadcast. during the uh, the yeah. event. But yeah. everyone there gets to go into this huge auditorium to watch it. Because think about like PSX. Like when the last I could see them doing that. Man, that was a huge reaction when that game was announced. I, I miss that stuff. The Nintendo New York, they broadcast them there at the store, and there's like oh, yeah, I feel like. There, I, but. Yeah, I feel like it's a missed opportunity to like like if you've never been to the Nintendo store, it's definitely worth going to. But like it is a it's not huge. Um, like you can only fit so many people in there. It'd be crazy to see something like that in uh, like a, a movie, like some kind of theater. Yeah. With a ton of people just losing their minds over like Metroid Prime Remastered is yeah. <laughs> coming out today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, like any everyone's seen the videos. If you well, if you haven't look up Banjo-Kazooie smash announcement in yeah. the New York city, uh, Nintendo store. It's, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we were all doing it at home and they were doing it together. So to just amplify that, you know, yeah. with that many more people, it's just really cool. So I really want them to do that. Like, I don't expect them to have the games there to play or, or whatever, like keep it just a fan convention, but like have it building up to this, like Saturday night Nintendo direct that thousands of people go to watch. I think that would just be a really cool. Decision. I think, the only thing that would be worrying about that is I think if you did that with the direct that you had in February, it's very easy. You need to have a direct that is on par with that or better because then the people that are there, you're going to have people that are sour about it. Like, where's the Switch 2? Like, where's this? You know? Well, when they announce the new 3D Mario game in September, that'll be their big winner. There you go. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really excited about this. I'm going to be there. Like, no matter what, I'm going to be, well, hopefully, I'm going to a wedding on the last day of September. But, so if this is, like, September 29th, 30th, I won't be able to go. But uh, any other wedding. weekend, I should be there. <laughs> so, yeah. Hopefully it works out, but I, I can't wait for this. It's it's going to be really, really cool. I'm. It's like, I look at PlayStation, and we actually have a question about this a little later in the show, but, like, what's something a company's done that's basically, like, turned you away from them or turned you off and... Basically, most things PlayStation has done in the last three to four years have just been like I've been not really feeling connected to to that that brand anymore. But like Nintendo, it's like they just keep getting winners. Like we we had a headline a few weeks ago, like will 2023 be Nintendo's biggest year ever? And man, every day that goes by, it's seeming more and more like, yes, like this movie set in records. Zelda's a month away from today. This huge event uh, across the ocean for them in Seattle, their big NOA hub, like. Man, this is this is just an awesome, awesome time to be a Nintendo. Fan. I mean, yeah, I can say since moving into this house, like if, if, if we're calling that because that's that was basically the beginning of this yeah. year. Uh, it was the beginning of this year. Um, pretty much the only thing that I've been playing are Nintendo games. Yeah, totally. My switch gets and and of course, I'm mostly a Nintendo fan. So the, the numbers are tilted, but my switch gets easily over 80 percent of my game time. Yeah, like not even. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about a game that's coming out next week, which is Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. Marketing is really ramping up for this title, and Nintendo dropped a six-minute overview trailer. They've dropped an overview trailer for this game before when it was supposed to come out uh, last year. Um, So this one went over a lot of the same stuff, but it's about six minutes long. Um, goes over like the basics of battle, terrain advantages, units, all that stuff you'd expect if you 
played Advance Wars or even Fire Emblem, very similar in nature there with the different strategies. But they did highlight a couple of new features. You can fast forward by holding the ZR shoulder button, so you can accelerate through turns faster, which is always nice. You can reset your turn, similar to like the rewind function from from the more recent Fire Emblem games. Um, there's a challenge mode called War Room. There's local four-player multiplayer, which, which sounds, that could get pretty crazy. Online for two players. Uh, there's a design room to build maps. And there's a shop where you can spend the money you earn in the campaigns to get new characters, new modes, new maps. So there's a lot in this game. And on top of that, it's two campaigns. Like this is two GBA games uh, smushed into one. And it's coming out Friday, April 21. So Chris, how are you feeling about Advance Wars Reboot Camp? It's pretty wild to me that they are able to make what was a Game Boy Advance game feel like such a complete package. Um, like there's so much here that was not in those games um, that I feel like anybody that's not familiar with those games or just familiar with like the disparity between that one, those ones and this one, like it, it's the like the the value of what you're getting is like insane. If you're into real time strategy games, um, of a high quality, like it seems like this is going to be like a a real bang for your buck situation. Um, I also really like the fact that like this seems like a much more accessible type of RTS game. Like if you're somebody that is like kind of into the genre or interested in getting into the genre, um, this is a very easy way to do that. Um, having that reset your turn button, like that option wasn't available on GBA. Um, and just being like being able to play a game like this on the switch. Um, it seems like it's going to be way more digestible for a larger audience than something like, like I keep thinking of like empire total war or something like that. Mm. Um, any of those games like are really, the investment is great. If you want to play any of those kind of titles, obviously they're PC titles, but um, no, I mean, they're doing what it's crazy to see Nintendo doing the Nintendo thing for this type of franchise. Um, I mean, we've seen them do it before, but it's just been a obviously because it's a remake, but it's like been a very long time um, and it's refreshing. I mean, they it it is a bit more of a mature title, obviously, just given the subject matter and like the the level of skill required to be able to play it. Um, but given everything that has happened with this game and like between the delays and things like that, um, I think it's a the way that they are reintroducing it to people um, has been uh, very smart. Like anybody that is like remotely interested in this game, I feel like um, you know dropping that overview trailer. Like, I don't know how you did. You didn't convince those people at this point <laughs> to pick it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's I do have a couple concerns about it. I think like it is a little brutal. It's coming out three weeks before Zelda. That is not a lot of breathing room for this thing. And just a few months after Fire Emblem, which does have a larger audience and is mm-hmm. a more established name at this point than Advance Wars. Um, so the timing is a little rough. It would have been much better placed a year ago had it not been delayed um, just in a term of Nintendo's release schedule. And then I don't know that I'm still torn on the art style. I think the more I see it, the less I like it. Uh, I, I don't hate it, but there's, there's like really nice looking bright, simple chibi art styles like Link's Awakening, which looks amazing. And then there's ones kind of more that trend towards that Pokemon brilliant diamond, shining pearl side of things. And yeah. I think this I is was... landing over there. Um, I don't love how it looks. 
there's like the animations of the the commanding officers um, that like when they're like taking over a base or building something, and they just look like I, I hate like a mobile game. I hate to say it, but that's just what it looks like to me. Um, like a free to play strategy mobile game is kind of the vibe I get from from what this game looks like. Yeah, I do wonder if they went. Not that it's Nintendo's engine to do this with, but like if they had gone with almost like an Octopath type style because it was a GBA game, if that would have been more appealing. Um, I think they're trying. I think they're trying to get the attention of younger players, mm-hmm. and not that. I mean, granted, I was young when I played them, but like I remember the Advance Wars games getting pretty tough. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like. You're trying to hit that spot between nostalgia, but also bringing in people that are like, oh, I've never played this type of game before. This could be cool. Well, I think really they just don't want to make it look like actual soldiers and actual war. Yeah. Yeah. They want it to look like a tabletop, like Civil War diorama type deal. Yeah. Like a a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's what they were going for. And I think they you could hit that. I just don't really know if they did uh, in, in an appealing way, but. I'm looking forward to have it. You ever, I've never played an Advance Wars game. So. Have you ever seen what Battalion Wars looks like on the GameCube? Yes. Yes. My my dad actually used to play Battalion Wars when I was a kid. I, 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 that game. I, I wonder if they had gone that route. Because I feel like that game that game has aged more gracefully than I think this will. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also is a little more like I, th- I think that game is rated teen. You know, Ooh, like it's. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm, I'm excited for it. it. I'm glad I see in the yeah. Day. Yeah. Are you picking this one up, Chris? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have, I've had this pre-ordered for Chris. about two or three years now. Whenever it was announced is when I, you know. It was announced uh, ooh, June, June of 21, I think. Yeah. So almost two years now. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a while ago. Everything else that was in that presentation is out except Zelda. But they're coming out. They're coming out together. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. All right, let's get into our final topic for the show, which is EGAD's emails. You can always email the show toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter at toadstoolbr. And we have three emails to get to this week, so thanks for sending those in. Uh, we also have another email in our inbox about someone sent us a little bit late their their favorite Nintendo game of all time. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more next week um, to kind of preview our big top 15 show, which we recorded, mm. Chris. We recorded that show. Yes, we did. How do you feel about it a little while later? Um, no spoilers, obviously. It's all a secret. I feel bad about a thing that I, I feel bad about a few things I did to that list. Uh, <laughs> but one thing in particular. Is that it the thing that I don't like to? The thing that you brought up, because I feel like we broke our own rule in at one. At the very end. <laughs> at the very end. I feel like we broke our own rule and I didn't realize it yeah. in the moment. Um Maybe we'll I, like, I, I wish I could later. turn back the clock and I feel like we should we should fix it. Like yeah. after the episode comes out, we should be like modification. Yeah. Because of this, we need to talk about it. Yeah. And we each get one vote. And then that is the list. I feel like that's what we need to do. OK. OK. Yeah. All right. Anyways, I'm very excited for all you out there in Toadstool land to hear our our top 15 Nintendo games of all time. I think it's a really good list. I really am happy with the list we walked away from. Uh, there's a couple things that I don't feel. There are a few it. things that are placed higher than they should be. Yeah. But for, for kind of a chaotic ranking system that we use with three people with very different tastes in Nintendo games, 
uh, I think that we ended up with something that's pretty representative of of Nintendo as a whole. So yeah, you'll find out in a couple of weeks when when this whole thing kicks off. But yeah, that's going to be for the weeks I'm gone uh, in in Japan. So that's coming up two weeks from now and three weeks from now are when those those that two part episode will drop. But for now, yep. let's get into your emails for right now this week. This one comes from Cody who says the shenanigans going down with raid pass changes in Pokemon Go has the community in uproar. What's an ill move made by a company that left you questioning whether you should drop your support of them? See, I looked into this Pokemon Go thing for a little bit. Uh, Yeah, people aren't happy with some of the changes that they're making to um, some of the currency in that game. Um, I think they're going to fix it, though. We'll see. But anyways. Well, I mean, mean, in terms of Pokemon Go, it'll determine your vote with your wallet, right? Like they will make changes if people do not pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one that comes to mind, honestly, is destiny Two. Um, okay. as somebody that was an avid destiny Two player, like borderline addicted to it. Um, I feel like they made that game, the, the battle pass system that they integrated into that game while it has enhanced uh, some of the storytelling that they, some of the storytelling they've done, I wouldn't say all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it requires a huge investment on the player to play that game at least once a week. Um, and when you don't do that, it feels like you're almost being punished for missing out on content. Um, like it just, it puts a pressure on you to feel like this is the only thing that you can play. Mm-hmm. Um, Versus like, okay, once a month I'm going to raid with my buddies because we're all super high levels because we all did it in the beginning of the season or whatever. Um, I feel like it's more digestible that way. Um, I have, I and several other people that I have used to play with have stopped playing because it's just like, like I have a life outside of destiny too. Like I have other things I want to play and do. Um, the other one, honestly, and I think you were alluding to it earlier is, is Sony. Like I was the biggest Sony pony of the PS4 generation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I mean, to his credit, Brian Barnett, when the PS5 was announced, was like, all red flags are everywhere. Like, I do not have a good feeling about this console. Um, and I was like, totally in denial when it happened. Um, and the console came out and I kept trying to tell myself, like, everything is fine. And the more I would use it, and I feel like it's gotten better over the three years since it, like the user experience of go getting around that console has improved. Yeah, but totally. it it is still not as good as it was on the PS4, and it's like for for reasons unknown. Like they're they've made the experience of using that console worse, and I don't know why. Because under the hood, I think it, it's largely the same like OS. Um. Yeah, I mean, and just that experience aside, I think Sony, a lot of Sony's decisions that they have made over the last three to four years are very anti-consumer. Um, and they they don't make me want to invest in that platform anymore. Um, like, I, I have shifted... I've shifted over to more of a Nintendo slash PC gaming mindset because I feel like, okay, the PC is going to be future-proof and Nintendo is exclusive. Like, I can't really do much there. Um, but with that, there are PlayStation ports that I'm like, all right, maybe I'll try playing them on PC because maybe they're better experiences. And in in some cases, they're not. In some cases, they're great. Days Gone, if you haven't played that game, is one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Like, 
on PC. Hands down. On PC, it is. Okay. There are times I'm playing that game and I feel like I'm looking at the woods, like outside of my house. Okay. okay. It looks like that realistic. Um, but then there's The Last of Us Part One. But then there's The Last of Us Part One. And as someone who, like, I, I have a Last of Us tattoo, like, I, it's my favorite Sony franchise. <clears throat> I am. <laughs> um, it, it re- it's really disheartening to see how how long PC players, not myself included, because I did play it on every other platform it was on, but yeah. um, people where this was their first exposure to that franchise, um, they're basically being like left out to dry because left behind, um, you could say. they're being left behind. You could say, um, and it's just unfortunate. I think it's a bad it's a bad. Uh, image for their brand um and it's a, a really bad image for the last of us because i think for that franchise especially there was a certain level of prestige that came with it and for a lot of people that's now been soured mm-hmm. yeah uh for my picks i'm leaving out ones that are like like political things or, or things like that like i used to like harry potter i don't touch harry potter anymore well yeah i mean that so like yeah all those yeah. examples those many many examples of like oh wow i really disagree with you as a person all those ones aside I'm going with Star Wars. The Rise of Sky was the biggest sure. Star Wars fan around. I I loved Star Wars so much my entire life. My parents' house is like covered with Star Wars Legos that me and my my dad, and my sister would build every Christmas. We'd all we'd get like a Lego Star Wars set and build it. Um, yeah, we watched the movies all the time. I was so excited for Seven. I loved Seven. Uh, yeah, I know it's basically four again, but whatever. Uh, I really love that movie. Love the new characters. Saw it in the theaters like six times. I uh, just couldn't believe Star Wars was back. Eight, I think, is the greatest Star Wars thing they've ever made. I think that Last Jedi is just incredible, and I love it so much for everything that it shook up about the franchise. And then Nine is seriously one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it is just seriously, my love for the franchise went from 60 to zero full stop, like pretty much instantly. I did play Jedi Fallen Order um, that holiday break, which was a nice kind of cleanse, like, oh, Star Wars can still be good. But I have I watched Obi Wan just because I love Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. I thought it was bad. I thought Obi Wan was not good at all. I haven't touched the other Disney Plus series. Um, I they just announced a bunch of new movies at Star Wars Celebration. I don't really care. Like, just I thought Episode Nine was so bad that I was just kind of like, all right, Star Wars is no longer for me. There are better stories and universes for me to spend my entertainment time and money in elsewhere. And that was kind of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I I was laughing through Rise of Skywalker uh, <laughs> because we we couldn't believe. I mean, it kind of, as far as the pacing goes, it kind of felt like the Mario movie. Um, but it was <laughs> oh just my gosh. like in terms of like, all right, now this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Yeah. But that goes on uh, for like two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and the, but at least the Mario movie makes sense in the direction it goes in. Mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. There's stuff in there that it's like, where is this even coming from? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I could I could talk for hours about my disappointments with Star Wars at this point, um, but they Disney has gone with the quantity over quality approach, I think, with that franchise um, to the point where I'm kind of like, I don't trust any of it anymore. I watched the first episode of the season of The Mandalorian. Um, I haven't watched the rest of it. All I've heard is that people aren't very happy with it. I thought the first season was great. I will say that. Um, hated Book of Boba Fett. 
I, I don't care about any of the other uh, series Andor? that they're putting out. Uh, and or I watched the first two or three. I actually enjoyed that a lot. I need to get back to that. Yeah, I've heard that that like, is like the I've heard best that's thing good. since Last Jedi. Like that it's yeah. actually good. Um, but but they have this problem where they refuse to get off a of Tatooine. And it's like a joke, but it's also like the truth. I, for some reason, they have to tell stories in, on I, that I planet only. This, this week, because one of the movies that was just announced was uh, was the telling the story of the first Jedi ever. So like the origin story of like the Force and the Jedi. It's like 20,000 years ago. And oh, uh, yeah. I saw these people talking about how excited they were. And I responded to someone on Twitter and I said, did you know that the first Jedi was born on Tatooine? Because it just feels <laughs> like they could do that. Uh, I don't think they will. But that's just what Star Wars feels like at this point. It went from this yeah. unimportant desert planet. The point of it was in the original trilogy that it was unimportant that Luke rises from nothing just like Ray should have and did through two movies until they turned that all around. And now it's just like the center of the, the galaxy. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Nintendo, <laughs> let's, let's get back. Let's get back <laughs> on topic. Uh, that was a good question. Yeah. Besides star Wars. Um, I mean, speaking of Nintendo, I, I question my support of the Pokemon company, uh, roughly once every 12 months. Uh, but you mean every time a game comes out yes <laughs> yes that is what i mean um yeah i was but, i didn't want to go there but yeah i mean i'm i'm at the point now where you know obviously i'm very nostalgic for f- the old stuff the old ways mm-hmm. fire red and leaf green like recently been replaying that on and off and it's been great um but uh anything new i'm just like you know what i and i think you say i, I think it was you that actually you said it very well um I'm I'm too old for it at this point. Um like the game is so simplistic in its design that because it is just this like all right my turn now your turn now my turn now your yeah. turn um it it does feel I I get bored playing it. I think I said that on I've, a show that our listeners haven't heard yet. I think we talk oh. about that in 2 weeks. <laughs> well, spoiler alert. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Pokémon does come up in our in our top 15 discussions because of course it does. Of course, of course it, it does. does. Yeah, But uh, let's move on to our next email. This was not a question. Uh, it's just a letter from Brett that I want to read anyways, uh, especially for the final sentence, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, but Brett sent this into toadstoolboardroom.gmail.com and says, Hey guys, I love the show. I've been a listener since day one. I just got back into Nintendo consoles about two years ago. Brett, what a time to jump back on. Nice job. Uh, when I bought a Switch because of Breath of the Wild. I had all Nintendo consoles up to the N64 and then migrated to PlayStation, Xbox, etc., while also taking a break from gaming altogether somewhere along the way. With that being said, I've missed out on a lot of Nintendo titles over those years. After playing Breath of the Wild, I then wanted to play all the Zelda games that I missed. Being a purist, I started to buy those older consoles that I missed. That's a GameCube, Wii, Wii U, 3DS. Man, my man bought a Wii U. You bought all of them? <laughs> yeah. Just Good to play for the you. Zelda titles I had never played. I know this is so awesome. Like this is you're living out. Like the you're going of, like, all in. At if this I point. could erase the memory of all these games, of seriously. Games. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the more retro consoles and games I was collecting started to feel more and more like an addiction. Uh, Brett, don't buy an amiibo. Don't do it. Uh, it all started with me just wanting to play retro Zelda. Then later became Metroid and so on. The one retro console that I bought during this process but didn't use much was the 3DS. I've never been much into handheld gaming, so I didn't mess with it too much. 
But then with the shutting down of the eShop and the trimming of the handheld, I bought some physical games and played what I've been missing since 2011. Now I cannot stop playing it. I just, I love this email. It's so great. This is, this is so good. I play it more than my Switch and can't get enough of it. Thank you for all the 3DS recommendations over the last couple of episodes. You've all been spot on. Keep up the good work on the show and please continue to give retro recommendations. Well, then I emailed Brett back because he didn't mention what he was playing in this in this email. So mm, I asked mm. what you playing, Brett. And Brett says, I'm playing Planet Robobot, which is amazing. Awesome choice. Rhythm Heaven and Triforce Heroes at the moment. I know Triforce Heroes has a lot of hate, but I'm really enjoying it. I had to join a Discord channel to find people to play with, but when playing with others, I've had a blast. And then Brett sent one final email after that one that says, forgot to mention that you talked me into getting Kid Icarus Uprising, but I haven't started it yet. Okay, okay. You're in for a treat, my friend. We'll see. For an outstanding treat. Here's a little tip, though. Uh, Watch the video version on YouTube right now for what I'm about to show you. I'm going to use my uh, I'm going to use my phone. He's going to show you how to not get carpal tunnel when you play this game. Carpal tunnel playing Kid Icarus Uprising. Okay, so uh, this is my phone. Uh, Imagine this is the bottom half of your 3DS. You take your your ring finger and your pinky finger. And uh, you put the phone in between your ring finger and your middle finger, and then you turn it into a claw like this. Yeah, and, and then that's how you Sounds hold the terrible. Uh, and then you move the thumbstick. Wait, how did I? It's hard to do. And then you tuck your top two fingers behind the top screen. So you're, if I had a second screen here, you're resting it on. And then you can use the L button with your pointer finger, move the control stick with your thumb, uh, and then you do the same thing on the right side with your back two fingers, and then you grip the stylus. Uh, and then you play like that, and it's perfect. And your hands won't. Oh, Logan! You can play. Like but Logan, forever. he says, uh, "Kid Icarus Uprising came with a stand." Yeah, that's specifically tough. to 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 solve this problem. I didn't use. The Is stand. that not okay? Did you use like the Wii remote, like the the rubber grip on your Wii remotes that it came with? What the like the condom thing? Yes, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I said it. That's what it will. That's what it is. Yeah. We are. We're not. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, I did. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't use the stand. Don't use the stand. But I'm so glad that you played that you bought Kid Icarus Uprising. I actually was just playing that the other day, and it's still so great. That game is so good. Also, Planet Robobot. I love uh, Rhythm Heaven, Triforce Heroes. I also just replayed Triforce Heroes. I played that game start to finish with a couple friends this year and it was awesome. Uh, I've played it through all the way twice. And if you have two people to play with that, you can talk with like over the phone, that game rocks. That game is so good. Uh, and I think got a lot of undeserved hate just cause it wasn't what people wanted at the time, but there's so many other Zelda games. Like it's fine to have something like that. What other should, what else should we recommend? I feel like we've recommended a lot of a or lot 3ds. Of if you yeah. haven't played super Mario 3d land, that game is mm-hmm. a masterpiece. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a, it's a giveaway, but um, yeah. there's Shop actually closed now. So physical only if yeah, physical only um, there was a uh, hold on vamp vamp for a second. Hold on. OK, uh, you should play Ace Attorney, the Phoenix, right? Ace Attorney trilogy. It's on all modern platforms. But if you got out of gaming for a long time, you probably missed it. It's uh, it's the best murder mystery of all time. My favorite game series of all time by the Phoenix Wright trilogy on the Nintendo Switch eShop today uh, and become obsessed with Ace Attorney like me. If you're a fan of the Mario Golf franchise, um, I actually think that the Mario Golf on 3DS, I think it's World Tour. World Tour, World Tour is like the best. It's the best Mario Golf that they put out. Uh, 
next to Toadstool Tour. Um, the my biggest gripe with it is that it's on the 3DS and I can't play it on a TV. Um, but that game is excellent. I think there's a lot of really unique courses in there. Um, the character roster is like very very expansive. Um, there is DLC for that game, but you can't actually get it now because the eShop is closed. RIP. Um, but there are some cool courses in that. Like uh, there's a galaxy course um, in there. I think you can play as Rosalina and Why get didn't gold you Mario. This two weeks ago, I would have bought these. So- I didn't. I don't have these, and now they're gone. That's oh. really cool. Um, puzzle. Uh, what was this one? The the Mario Puzzle Dragons game, whatever that is, puzzle that puzzle dragons. game, Puzzle and Dragons Mario Edition or whatever. Uh, that game is very fun. It's very addictive if you're into puzzle games. Uh, Jess and I used to fight over it. Mobile game in Japan, like it makes yeah millions of dollars a month. And here's the one I was I was really looking for. The whole title isn't on here. There are two Adventure Time. If you're an Adventure Time fan, there are two Adventure Time games on the 3DS uh, made by WayForward. One of them is uh, Explore the Dungeon because I don't know that game is terrible. It's a Diablo clone, and you don't want to buy it. The other one that you do want to get is called um, uh, Ice King Stole My Garbage or something. Um, it's a 2D action platformer. Hey, Ice uh, King. Wait, no, that's... That might be it. Let's see. Hey, Ice King, why'd you steal our garbage? Yes. Uh, that's actually a surprisingly good game. Like, I really enjoyed my time with it. Granted, it was 10 years ago, but um, if you're into 2D platformers and you're a fan of WayForward, it's probably pretty cheap, and I recommend it. Yes, it'll look like 16 bucks on eBay. There's also a regular show game, but I don't know if I actually ever played it. But it's very similar. Well, Brett, I'm really happy that you emailed in and are exploring retro Nintendo. That, That sounds like a dream. That just sounds amazing. Like... The GameCube, yeah. Wii, Wii U, like these libraries are so ingrained in my head and that you're getting to go and explore. I mean, GameCube and 3DS, two of my favorite libraries ever. So absolutely. That's awesome. All right, let's move on to our last question. This one comes from Johnny. And Johnny says, with the rumors of Paper Mario, the thousand year door coming to Switch or a successor. I didn't put this in the news because I don't I don't we don't like to talk about rumors, but it's in a question. Here, so but here we are. Why. We'll let it fly. <laughs> Would you guys prefer to see a remake or a remaster of this GameCube classic? What improvements or new additions would you like to see implemented? Thanks. Love the pod. Johnny from Philly. And then there's a PS. I'll Philly! PS. What's now up, Johnny? About this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll go to De Los Andros sometime. Get a cheesesteak. It'll be great. We talked about this, I think, a couple weeks ago. That Nintendo doesn't really do remakes. There's just not that many of them. There aren't that many of them. It's usually ports Um, or remasters. Yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about this this weekend because I was playing uh, Super Mario All-Stars for a little bit uh, after seeing the Mario movie. Um, I feel like if they were to do Thousand Year Door, it would behoove them to do a remake of it. Um, Okay. I I say that. I say that because... While I think the bones of Thousand Year... And this is a game I have not played. I've only watched my wife play this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't done it myself. But from what I've seen of it, um, I think the cast of characters are very good. I think the... Well, cows are very unique and and all that good stuff. So, like, the set dressing is there. Um, I think that the... 
traditional RPG mechanics of that game are just that. They're very traditional. I think you could do something in there to make some of those moment-to-moment combat sequences a little more exciting than just, I'm going to press A. No, you have the timing-based stuff, like hold the hammer, like mash the button to power up the super. It's it's like uh, Mother 3 or Mario RPG. I also like... Mario Luigi games. I I am of a very... I feel like everything I say on the show is very controversial. Um, (laughs) I feel like the... I like what they did with Origami King because that mechanic was different. (laughs) Yeah, It was different. I'm not saying they have to completely, like, and in that case, they literally did reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. But I think doing something along those lines, even in spurts, I don't think you have to do it for the entirety of the game because I think in Origami King, it was kind of overkill. But it would be cool if it was like, all right, for this boss fight, you're going to do this. Um, You're going to have this type of combat um, and not just the same, you know, flat pain that that happens through all of Thousand Year Door. I want them to... They shouldn't touch it. I think this should be a straight HD remaster. Throw it out, and people will love it. And here's why. Here's here's my my little monologue. Nintendo has not made a good Mario RPG since Thousand Year Door, 20 years ago. That was the last one. That was the last time a good Mario RPG came out. Well, that I agree with you. Okay, what? Sorry, I'm forgetting about like Bowser's Inside Story. A few. Years no, ago. I really. I haven't even played those. No, I really like. Um, I really like Super Paper Mario That's when it not came an RPG. out. That's a platformer. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. That's probably Super why RPG I like it. RPG is not a platformer. Sticker Star, Color Splash, Origami King. Those... Sticker, Sticker Star has no charms. Color Splash and Origami King have like funny writing and are very pretty, but the combat's terrible and it doesn't matter because there's no experience points, right? You just get coins, and then you use your coins to buy items, and then you use the items to get more coins. So the battles are literally purposeless. There is not yeah. a point to battle anything but the bosses, in in Paper Mario Color Splash and Origami King, I, yeah, the ring based combat was interesting. It got old, especially considering it wasn't necessary, and you could just flee from those encounters. And really, yeah. yeah. So, I wonder I, if they don't, they haven't gone back to that traditional format in, like, in favor of accessibility. Yeah. Like in order to make this make more people. Oh, people see a Mario game is out there. We're going to make it easier for everyone. Like, I wonder if that's why, because yeah. like thousand year door, does have some like tougher moments in Mario it. Mario plus or, Rabbids like, exists though. That exists. That's, and that's, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. So like, why are we letting Ubisoft outclass Nintendo and making real Mario RPGs? Like, man, Mario, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Just, and, and then here's another thing in a post thousand year door, was when like Nintendo started really cracking down on how cool toads and stuff could actually look. Like in the Super Mario Brothers movie, there's an old toad. Why isn't that toad's worth? Like they just aren't doing the same type of things with their character design that they used to be allowed to do. Like the characters in Paper Mario. I feel I feel like there's a lot. Sorry, I feel like there's a lot in Thousand Year Door that they got away with that like higher level executives at Nintendo looked at and were like, this is not okay. But yeah. the game had already shipped. <laughs> they live in like a filthy rundown town. Like about, I know like pickpocketed and like, it's like crazy and with, with pirates and stuff. And it's awesome. And that's why I just want them to remaster it. I don't want like Mario. We talked about it. Mario's gotten sterile in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't 
touch Thousand Year Door and like spray that aerosol spray all over it to clean it up. Like leave it as it is because I love the charm of the GameCube era. We've talked about that a lot. I think it's awesome. They tried weird, wacky stuff. Thousand Year Door is a really cool departure from the first Paper Mario, like in a lot of ways in terms of like tone and character design. Just don't touch it. It's it's good. It's still a really good game. And I just want to see it in HD. I don't think they'll do it. Me neither. I don't think it's I want to be I want to be wrong, but I feel like it's I feel like they won't do it for the same reason that Mother 3 has never been localized. Like yeah. it's just it it's just over the line for them. Now, on the other hand, what I think is actually going to happen is I think we're going to see a new Paper Mario uh, that maybe returns to this RPG vein. Alpha Dream went bankrupt. Mario and Luigi doesn't exist anymore. We haven't seen a Mario and Luigi since 3DS. Intelligent Systems, we recently learned that through an interview that Engage was made around the same time as Three Houses. Like These games were in co-development for a while. And Engage was sitting on a shelf, like we thought it was. It was sitting on a shelf for a year at least. I think Intelligent System is working on Paper Mario RPG. I think that's going to be their next game, and I think it's going to harken back to an actual RPG. That, that But again, I will ask the question that everyone hates to hear. <laughs> At what point do we stop putting new games on the Switch? Well, maybe it's for the next console. We it don't. could be. It could be. But I think that's what... But you don't, you, don't launch, but you don't launch a new Nintendo console with a Paper Mario game. Oh, I don't think it's that far along. I think yeah. the game, yeah, a year in development, still maybe two years away. Next system yeah. next year. This could be a year two type of thing. Well, I don't know, Mario Rabbids came out in year one. Came out five months after launch. So who knows? Oh, yeah. No, I think you could do like a six-month gap. I don't think you do it day one. Yeah, oh, me neither. But I yeah. think that, I think we're going to see a new Paper Mario that people want to see. Yeah. All right, and then PS from Johnny. Logan, I saw you tweet about wanting to get a competitive Splatoon 3 team going. You should make a Discord for the boardroom listeners who play competitive. <laughs> I'm laughing because we tried that once and it went so poorly. Well, but that, that was wasn't our fault. Yeah, that wasn't our fault. So for what for those that aren't aware, we made a Discord. We have a Discord yeah. um, that we basically just use internally to send memes and schedule the show and stuff like that. But we did make a Toadstool boardroom right football. We are in it right now. A football club for uh mario strikers battle league and then we learned shortly thereafter that game's release how terrible the online experience was yeah. <laughs> so we never did anything with it but there's like three of my friends in there yeah and one <laughs> every now and then chime like, in every like six months <laughs> is there like, any new mario games out there that are yeah. pretty good <laughs> i even i even posted uh i posted in toadstool fc like as a joke and i was like I just want a really close online match. It was, I lied. It wasn't true, but I, I yeah. that like a year after the game came out and it was funny. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hasn't even been a year, man. That's crazy. Anyways, back to the, this PS. Uh, I was S plus for all modes in season two and have been, or Splatoon two and have been wanting to play more competitive with a group in Splatoon three. Yeah. So I have been just right back on the Splatoon three train. Uh, really it started with the Splatfest a couple weekends ago the Nessie versus aliens versus Bigfoot. I started playing and I was like, man, I, I did not play this game enough when it came out. I think it was like the holidays. I went home to see family kind of fell off and didn't pick it back up when I came back. And that's just kind of how these, these ongoing games go. Sometimes I've been playing, I'm trying to get up to S rank myself 
before I try and actually get serious about competing because I'm, I did some research and all these people who are like free agents looking for teams are like, oh, I'm rank S plus 12 and I main this and I average 10 kills over three minutes. I'm like, I'm not there yet. So I was at rank C when I started like less than a week ago. I'm now rank A plus. So I have been on the grindstone, uh, in, increased two letter grades and man, it's so good. That game is so good, man. Chris, you got to jump back in with me. Get up to rank eight. No, I'm 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 afraid to. Yeah, it is. It's just I I got like very I was very into it for that first like three weeks. It was like all I did, and then I I, like I I came up for air and was like, well, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's kind of felt like that. Like I've been staying up way too late playing ranked. I know it's time to go to bed when I feel like I'm starting to slow down. It is processing what's what's happening. It is like the antithesis of like just one more game because it's so easy to get because the games are short enough and it's like pretty easy to get in and out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And in ranked play, there's a thing called series, which is you try to win five before you lose three. So I'm like, just one more series. That could be seven matches if it goes the distance and ranked matches are longer than turf force. So we're talking like an hour. It's a lot, but it's been a ton of fun. So yeah, Johnny, a couple other boardroom fans have reached out to me about playing. Um, I think I I think it would be wise for us to uh, open the boardroom. Yes, we should to to the larger audience. We'll keep keep an eye on Twitter. Logan and I will discuss this off air, how we do this, how we make this possible. But uh, yeah, if you want to if you want to play Splatoon with us, um, that would get me back in Mm -hmm. is if it was like. But these people have to understand, like. I'm a I'm a homeowner now. I'm a dad to be, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have all these hours upon hours to play Splatoon. I will bring the team down. So <laughs> just be aware that that's what you're getting into. Logan will carry us, but and it's tough because uh, I, I'm into this at the worst time because I'm leaving for three weeks and then it's all Zelda, baby. When when I get back, so there might be a pause on this. We'll see. Mm. But, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it but right now. I'm trying to uh, improve. If my you want skills. this. If you want this, tweet at us. We'll 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 figure it out. Yeah. But when Zelda hits, yeah, nobody's gonna want to play Splatoon. Speaking of Zelda, I can't wait to see that trailer for us tomorrow. Uh, that's gonna be a ton of fun. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, I said that last week that Mitchell Saltzman from IGN would be joining us this week. He is also a father, and he ended up being on baby duty tonight. Uh, but he'll be with us next week to talk about that Zelda trailer. I think we're gonna make it a Zelda themed show next week. Because it's the last show we're recording before Zelda comes out. So maybe like I'll get my a, tunic out of the crawl space. Tunic? Mm-hmm. You're gonna I'll get my tunic? tunic out of the crawl. No, I'm gonna get my tunic out of the crawl space. Yeah. Have a my tunic? cap. Maybe. Okay. We'll find out next week. That's a tease. <laughs> That's a tease to the video version of next week's show. Uh, because I won't mention it on the audio. No, I will. But yeah, maybe uh let's do after you've seen the trailer. So we don't have our answers to this yet. What's one unanswered question you still have about Tears of the Kingdom? Uh, and what are you most excited about? Email us, totalboardroom at gmail.com. Don't include any of the art book leaks, or I will block you, uh, and, and I'll be very mad at you. Uh, just stuff that's been officially released only, so I don't see anything I don't want to see in that email. You will stone cold stun you. Yeah, we'll be done. I might cancel the show. 
if any of you spoil <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom for me. Uh, but yeah, send us that toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com or on Twitter at toadstoolbr. But that's going to do it for this week. Another episode of the Toadstool Boardroom in the Books, a weekly Nintendo show here on Thursdays at noon Pacific on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to your show. There's also a video version on YouTube, so check us out there as well. But for now, you can find Chris online at... Drives93. You can find myself at Logan J. Plant. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time right here in the Toadstool Boardroom.